Our gospel reading today is from the gospel according to Matthew, beginning in the 13th chapter with the first verse. I'll be reading from the Common English Bible this morning. That day Jesus went out of the house and sat down beside the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he climbed into a boat and sat down. The whole crowd was standing on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path and birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it scorched the plants and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and bore fruit. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. And in another case, a yield of 30 to 1. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. And then a few verses later, Jesus goes on to explain his parable, beginning at verse 18. Consider then the parable of the farmer. Whenever people hear the word about the kingdom and don't understand it, the evil one comes and carries off what was planted in their hearts. This is the seed that was sown on the path. As for the seed that was spread on rocky ground, this refers to people who hear the word and immediately receive it joyfully. Because they have no roots, they last for only a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. As for the seed that was spread among thorny plants, this refers to those who hear the word, but the worries of this life and the false appeal of wealth choke the word and it bears no fruit. As for what was planted in good soil, this refers to those who hear and understand and bear fruit and produce. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1, in another case, a yield of 60 to 1, and in another case, a yield of 30 to 1. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. I was sitting in a coffee shop recently and saw a young boy waiting in line with his parents and he stood with his arm around his mother's leg while he looked around him at all the people, all the things in the coffee shop. Small and large potted plants, a mural on the wall, platters of pastries, a glass-fronted refrigerator with cold drinks, and people, lots of people. Standing in line with him, people at tables talking, people sipping and snacking. His wide eyes took it all in and his arm never left his mother's leg. It made me think of how desperate we all are for belonging, for love, for grounding, for a place to call home. His vulnerability and his need seemed to be a perfect image of human vulnerability and need. On the physical level, we, he needed to be connected to his mother his caretaker, his protector. 
while he encountered a larger world and learned about his place in it. Having been created on the physical level from the seeds of our parents, we live as physical beings and seek physical connection. Our families, whether our birth families or our chosen families, our friends and our communities, our churches, can provide some of the grounding that we need and the reminder that we are loved and valued. At the same time, on the spiritual level, we speak of being created by God out of soil and breath, as we read in the book of Genesis. In our liturgies, we say that we come from dust and to dust we shall return. But Bible scholars and translators have pointed out that in Genesis 2, God creates humans in the context of a lush garden. Out of the fertile topsoil, which all the plants and all the life come from, God takes that earth and makes the first earthling. Out of rich humus, God creates the first human. And out of the first human, God creates a second human, setting in motion the pattern of humans creating humans, human seeds, creating the next generations through the bodies of women. On a spiritual level, we all begin like these first earthlings created of the fertile topsoil, a metaphor for the stuff from which all things are created, filled with the breath of vitality and the power of life and possibility breathed into us by our creator. And like that little boy in the coffee shop, we need to feel the connection to our source to that which is greater than ourselves, to that which gives us protection and connection, that which gives us love as well as courage to expand our world and find our connections with others. St. Bonaventure described God as a mystery whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. In other words, God's vitality, God's being, God's self is everywhere, intermingled with all things. And there's no boundary, no outer circle that marks off the end of God or the edge of God. There's no place where God is not. St. Augustine wrote that some people, in order to find God, will read a book. But there is a great book, Augustine said, the book of created nature. Look carefully at it, top and bottom. Observe it, read it. God did not make letters of ink for you to recognize God in. God set before your eyes all these things that God has made. And Meister Eckhart, another 13th century mystic said, a person who knew nothing but creatures would never need to attend to any sermons for every creature is full of God and is a book. Hmm. As creatures ourselves, created by God, God is in some way in us, closer to us than our own breath. The image of God is implanted in us. We belong to God, we belong to each other, we belong to the creation. We are part of it not separate from it. In the parable of the soils, we all want to be the fertile soil that receives the kingdom of God and lets it take root and ground in us. 
We want the kingdom of belonging to grow in us and expand out from us. We want to bear fruit and share robust love and generosity. But life depletes and challenges us. What begins as rich soil in us, what begins as vitality and possibility, can grow dry. In his explanation of the parable, Jesus describes some of the human challenges that we face. Things get rocky. We let slide those things that would nourish us. We fail to develop the roots that would sustain us. Keeping things superficial makes our joy fragile. When we experience distress or persecution, we lose hope and we lose perspective. We forget that the love of God is always with us. We forget our root and our connection to all that is. When the seeds of God's love fall on this rocky ground, the seeds may sprout up quickly, but they may also shrivel and dry up quickly. Worries and anxieties like thorny weeds increase our forgetting. We forget that we are part of something much larger than ourselves. We start to think that everything depends on us, that we are in ultimate control. We measure our value by how the world sees us. We think that we are isolated and alone rather than part of the flow of life. And the lure of wealth makes us think that we can buy our security. But what we really need is our mother's leg to hold on to, that reminder that indeed we are connected to our creator who hovers over us with protective wings. In the parable, some seeds fall on the path and are eaten by birds. Jesus explains that the birds represent the evil one who takes away what was planted in the heart. The hardening of our hearts is the beginning of evil taking root in us. In our hearts live our desires. If our desires remain limited to the well-being of me and mine, or even the well-being of us over them, we are like seeds falling on a hardened path. If we let evil snatch expansive love from our hearts, our desires begin to undermine the well-being of creation. Caring for the well-being of others does not mean not caring about the well-being of ourselves. It means caring about our well-being as a subset of the well-being of all. The parts cannot survive if the whole cannot survive. This parable invites us to think about what kind of soil we are and how receptive we are to the seed of God's word about the kingdom of belonging. It's sometimes called the parable of the soils, but it's also sometimes called the parable of the sower. In this parable, we meet a farmer who is perhaps, perhaps not a very good farmer. This farmer throws seed everywhere, on the path, on the rocky soil, in the weedy, thorny, choked soil, and also some, some in the good soil. There's no telling of the farmer preparing the soil, no tilling, no irrigating, no weeding, no thinning. 
This farmer seems to be wasting seeds, throwing them where they will never sprout and where they will quickly die. The sower may not be a very good farmer, but seems to be a very good God. This farmer doesn't begin with concerns about yield or profit. This farmer doesn't limit the seed only to that soil which is already ready. If we are the soils, we are all the kinds of soils. On some days, our hearts do get hard, like a well-walked path and our hearts close down and we slip into self-centered concern. On other days, we are like the rocky soil without deep roots when we keep things superficial or keep them nice but not sincere and deep. Some days we are the thorny, weedy soils filled with anxiety and worries about money and fixation on wealth, crowding out thoughts of generosity and possibility. But God doesn't give up on any of us. God just keeps throwing seeds everywhere. It's possible that one or two seeds that fall on hardened hearts will wiggle their way into the soil and begin to break up that hardness. It's possible that a couple of seeds that fall on rocky soil might fall between those rocks and begin to draw more nutrients into that barren area and dig their roots a little deeper. It's possible that some seeds that fall into the crowded, thorny plot might catch a few rays of sun and grow up past the choked and choking weed bed of anxiety and start to overtake those weeds with flowers. When God plants, God plants with abundance, vitality, and possibility Pastor and author Brian McLaren offers this great thought experiment. Imagine, he says, imagine looking at the universe in its first several billion years. Swirling gases, surging energy fields, nothing solid. Or imagine looking at the earth when it was a lifeless planet of rock, water, ice, and volcanoes. Even then, Rainforests, coral reefs, savannas with elephants and giraffes, cities with stand-up comics and Latin jazz were inherent in the possibilities. They just weren't visible yet. To see that possibility is what faith is about, McLaren says. Not merely seeing the seeds in the apple, but seeing the million apple orchards waiting to spring from those seeds. God creates with a sense of possibility. And we are invited to create with the same spirit, not knowing what the future holds. Can we trust in the capacity and the abundance of God? Can we trust in the vitality and the possibility of God? We are challenged with these questions. How will we nourish and care for the soil that is our lives, as well as the soil that supports all life? And second, will we sow with wild abandon, trusting in the unfolding of unseen possibilities? Regardless of our answers to these questions, we can trust that God 
will continue to sow seeds in us. God is continually sowing seeds of the kingdom of belonging, the commonwealth of the beloved community, the reign and realm of God in which all are cared for and all belong. Thanks be to God for that. Amen.